Welcome to The Teaching Edge, the podcast where we explore the intersection of education and technology, from the latest innovations in tech to best practices for integrating technology in the classroom. We are here to help teachers and educators stay current and find new ways to enhance their teaching and their students' success. Join us as we discuss the latest trends and innovations in educational technology and hear from experts in the field. Get ready to level up your understanding of technology and take your teaching to the next level with the Teaching Edge podcast. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org. Welcome to another episode of the Teaching Edge podcast, this time with a product that I personally love and have known for many years. And this time I'm interviewing Jonathan Shore, the CEO of CodeMonkey, an excellent platform for getting young students to learn coding. But more than that, it gets teachers who may have no prior experience with coding to enter together with the student into a shared learning experience. And more and more schools and teachers are asking today not if to introduce coding to the classroom, but how. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Teaching Edge podcast. I have with me Jonathan Shore, who is the CEO of CodeMonkey, a platform for learning how to code in an amazing game-like environment. Personally, I've known this product for many years. All of my children were using it, both as part of using the platform at school. Later, uh, it was so engaging and challenging. We as parents subscribe to the platform so that our children can continue learning to code. It's my pleasure to have Jonathan here. Welcome, Jonathan, to the Teaching Edge podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Amir. Yes, um, for me uh, as well. And um, it's uh, especially exciting for me because uh, I've been with the product uh, for many years. So uh, so it's wonderful to have you here. And um, uh, to start, really, I uh, want you to tell us a bit about uh, CodeMonkey, about what you do. Um, um, yeah, so... Uh, CodeMonkey is still um, uh, kind of a small company, I think uh, between 15 and 20 people, depends on how you count, mainly in one office in Tel Aviv, uh, here where I'm uh, having this conversation from, um, and then some people in the United States working uh, especially with the American school market, and a team in Beijing. Uh, created by the education giant that acquired CodeMonkey in 2018, running the CodeMonkey after-school classes in China. Okay, so um, so uh, you have uh, schools using the product, children using the product, parents using the product. Um, what does it basically do? Um, so it's very simple. You browse to codemonkey.com, you see a monkey and a banana, and you need to code the monkey to, to catch the banana. And it becomes gradually more complicated uh, each time with other animals uh, disturbing or needing to help and uh, overcoming obstacles. Um, and you do that by coding the monkey to sequences of actions, to loops and conditions, variables, all the basic contracts of computer programming using uh, both real programming languages, uh, but also we have like those uh, drag and drop block puzzles uh, for younger kids who are too young to write and read uh, real code. So you can even start at kindergarten age uh, to develop your programmatic thinking without uh, reading and writing real code and then transition into reading and writing real code in real programming languages like CoffeeScript, Python, and so on. So the idea is to have a child starting uh, even at an early age 
learning the concepts of uh, coding and and actually doing the coding and the guiding the uh, uh, really the monkey on the screen to the banana using uh, lines of code exactly yeah and the idea is to start early uh, because you know based on the belief that computer programming is very similar to learning computer programming is very similar to learning a language so the earlier you start the easier it is and the better and the better the learning outcomes are um yeah and it's actually based on the personal experience of me and my brother the co-founders of code monkey uh we started coding at a very young age both our parents were computer scientists so we were growing up at home uh, back in the 80s with the first uh you know apple computers uh learning to code very young starting to create our own uh, computer games uh And that's the other side of code monkey is you know the motivation side which I believe is important for every learning experience so the motivation on code monkey comes from the game environment uh, first you you're motivated to code in order to progress through an existing game and then you're motivated to enhance your coding skills that allows you to create your own games and publish them to have your friends and family play the game that you created on code monkey so you That's where uh, that's how we create motivation for learning on code monkey and uh, and how how do you find uh, coding in general uh, get into the main curriculums of schools because uh, uh, most schools don't really have coding as part of a part of the essential curriculum it uh, at this point in time it's a uh, Um, I believe in most countries not on any uh, you know graduation uh, tests um, yeah. it's not required um, how does it fit in today what have you seen throughout the years in, in terms of how uh, teachers schools look at coding as part of the curriculum yeah so we definitely see very consistent progress uh, in the adoption of computer science into the mandatory curriculum In K12 all over the world but it's a process and it's a slow process and I think it's good that it's a slow process I think uh, education systems should change gradually and carefully um, they should obviously uh, adapt but uh, I think uh, evolution is better than uh, you know revolution in, in, in those kind of uh, places um, And the way we see it being a change so I remember when we started code monkey with just a trend and just the most early adopter teachers and parents would come up with very like local small personal initiatives or saying hey I want to try and teach my students or kids to code just because I think it's a good idea I read about it online or something like that and now it's becoming more of uh, government led uh, either local or national government led initiatives to gradually um, it's not mandatory still in most parts of the world by the way in the UK it is but in most part of the world it's still not mandatory to teach it but it's becoming for example mandatory to offer it as an option so in many states in the United States it's been years now that uh, schools have to offer like high schools have to offer this option uh, as an elective course for uh, students and some states are more than some states you do have to com- to complete some computer science sport in order to graduate from high school 
and it also goes down gradually in grade levels. So, for example, in Israel, um, there is a pilot, a very successful pilot of um, the computer science curriculum for K six for elementary primary school. Um, and you have more and more schools every year choosing to participate in this national uh, pilot. Uh, so it's a very successful pilot. I think already more than half of the schools in Israel chose to participate it, to take part in it, even though they didn't have to. Um, but they chose to do it, and they're doing it successfully. And Code Monkey is obviously also part of that uh, of that thing. And and um, the way you see it, why uh, why is it really important today for uh, for uh, young students, the older students, to really uh, go into this world of computer science and uh, coding? Obviously, uh, now everyone uh, talks about uh, what the most advanced computer science uh, can do yeah. uh, with AI. It's become uh, one of the hot uh, topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you look at it as some, someone who has been uh, many, many years in this area. So uh, it's very uh, interesting to uh, to hear your point of view. Uh, why is it important for for people to get uh, to to uh, to really be proficient at it? Mm-hmm. So for children, what's important? I don't. I actually don't think that it's important. Like uh, I think that it's just a very good opportunity for a great educational experience. Uh, it's completely okay uh, for children not to have uh, coding yep. experience yep. ever. And for adults, like, I don't think it's like, you know, some things are crucial. You know, you should brush your teeth. You should uh, watch out when you're crossing the road and you should have, you know, social, basic social skills. Uh, and uh, reading and writing, and uh, you'll be fine without coding still nowadays. But I, I just think it's just a really uh, very wonderful opportunity to have a, so, an educational experience that is both very uh, um, engaging and fun and easy to to provide uh, and has very, <clears throat> very important uh, potential uh, learning outcomes like the skill to think programmatically to understand how computers work and nowadays understanding how computers work is more and more becoming understanding how everything works because more and more things in society and in our reality now are driven by computers uh, <clears throat> you know everything um, so so it's a very useful skill to have or a very uh, helpful lesson to learn. And with, with product by CodeMonkey, it's also a very easy to teach it. And it's a very fun and you know pleasant experience both for the teachers and parents and the students. And and when you see uh, teachers uh, adopting CodeMonkey in, uh, in the classroom, uh, where does it usually start? Is it a... Uh... Is it a teacher who is interested? Is it the school uh, who mandates it? Where? Uh, how, how have you seen this uh, adopted uh, most successfully? So uh, most successfully, hmm, good question. Um, the teacher is always the most important piece. Um, and this really determined, I think, the quality of the implementation of the program is having a teacher that um, that is excited about it. 
the teacher doesn't need to have any background knowledge or experience with coding. It just needs to be excited about, about this opportunity. Um, so we had an example like that. I mean, we have a teacher in a school, I think in, I think it was in, in Queens, uh, in New York. She was, you know, definitely not a young teacher and definitely, you know, didn't have any coding experience until she started using CodeMonkey with her students. She was, I think she was around 60. Um, but she was very excited about teaching kids to code, starting to teach kids to code and using CodeMonkey. She became like a CodeMonkey professional. Uh, and she was teaching year after year in that uh, school, in this elementary school in Queens. Uh, hundreds of students every year just by herself using CodeMonkey. The her impact of her just one personal initiative, just by one teacher, you know, buying a CodeMonkey license for, uh, you know, not a lot of money for the school. Uh, the impact was huge. The, she had now thousands of students that completed elementary school with significant computer science and coding uh, knowledge and skills simply because of uh, this initiative uh, by one teacher. Um, but obviously now we're having more and more like top-down initiatives by a school district or a state, uh, like we had in Israel, like we had with several, we have with several governments, several countries now, and school, several school districts uh, in the United States. And then you have a more of a, you know, wide exposure. It's not just one teacher in one school. You can have a whole district or, or education system uh systematically um teaching more kids and also teaching a more deep curriculum because it's when when you have more than one teacher involved then you can have you know the next year teacher or when a student is moving from elementary school to middle school to continue their learning path and they can still do it on code monkey so they don't just repeat the basic code monkey courses they, they actually get into more advanced uh, skills and concepts Yes, I think um, when our children were using, uh, they they got introduced, I think, to Code Monkey in school. But then uh, when it uh, ended for I don't know what reason, uh, we simply continued it because uh, there were a, a lot of more advanced things to uh, to do, um, uh, which is great. Now, this uh, uh, it's a wonderful story about that teacher. Uh, because uh, it really shows what uh, an initiative could do. And one interesting point is that you mentioned that she uh, didn't have any coding background. And I, I believe that uh, that uh, um, uh, some uh, some teachers might say, if I don't have any background, uh, I don't know if this is something that I want to introduce. So um, do, do you find this uh, just as a... As a hurdle to overcome with teachers who uh, uh, many teachers uh, don't have any coding background, and like you said, it's not a must. You you don't need to have any coding. It's not something that's uh, really uh, crucial for your life. Um, yeah. So, um, but still, once you get it in the hands of students, you see that it really creates a, a big impact, especially for those who uh, who are excited about it. So. Yeah. How would you explain to uh, someone who is hesitant? Yeah, that's a good question. And this is the main challenge, I think, with computer science education, that it's a new thing relatively. So you don't have um, a lot of trained computer science teachers, especially for the young ages. And this is the more specifically the gap that product like CodeMonkey uh, are solving. 
uh, we, we had to create uh, interactive content that would allow uh, to teach who allowed to teacher with no computer science background to teach computer science. Um, but this thing, this gap is not special just for computer science. I think it's a gap that is becoming more and more common in this time, uh, this point of time in history, where skills are becoming more complex and diverse. And you cannot assume anymore that for any skill that a child wants to learn, there will be an adult with that skill already um, in possession, you know, to teach it. So the role of teachers uh, changes a little bit, I think, from being the source of knowledge and skill to being sort of facilitators um, of learning experience where the children can learn maybe on their own or learn together with the teacher. So it's changing from sort of teaching students to exploring together with students. I think this is um, something that's happening to classrooms, to teachers and also to parents. Uh, so I think we just as adults and as teachers and parents, we just need to be happy about this change and adopt it and recognize it instead of sort of be afraid of it. Because I remember in the beginning, teachers were afraid to teach something that they don't master yet. But what happens if my students will ask questions that I don't yep. know the answers to. Yeah. So you just need to, you know, get used to that. But they will. I mean, you know, new things come up every day. I have, you know, my daughter is five. She's already asking me how to use apps that I don't know. So you yep. know, I'll just have to figure it out together with her. Yeah, that's a, it's a very different uh, way of looking at things. And I think it's uh, very beneficial what you said, because uh, for everyone listening, uh, especially teachers who are listening, uh, I think um, uh, to think of teaching as a shared experience is a very, uh, it's a very good, good approach. So if you are, uh, um, if, if you are, not proficient in uh, some kind of the subject, then this is a real opportunity to uh, to learn about it and uh, and uh, look at it together with the students. I think it also uh, shows the importance of what technology can do in the classroom because I think today's technology enables the teacher to to have that shared experience which we didn't have in the past. In the past, exactly. you had the, text, the textbooks and the and the, the teacher had to. Uh, consume the entire textbook, know everything about it, uh, so that they can uh, uh, they can you know uh, uh, transmit it or uh, or uh, uh, convey it to uh, to the students. And today you have technology that uh, really helps you along the way. And I think Cold Monkey does that because mm -hmm. um, uh, what what do you see uh, that happens when? Uh, these young students progress much faster than their teacher. What happens then? Um, that's a good question. Um, it does become a problem in computer science when you get <clears throat> to more advanced uh, concepts because computer science is a bit like math. And you can have a lot of fun with the basic concepts and you can create games and websites and apps just with the basic uh, skills of coding. But if you're trying to get to the more advanced stuff, um, then it's useful to have someone around 
who can discuss those more advanced concepts with you and can understand them. Uh, even if the teacher doesn't know those more advanced things, they need to be willing to to sort of, you know, figure it out with their students. Um, so yeah, it could become, you know, uh, it will require commitment or some skill uh, effort from the teaching staff, but this is really more for the most more advanced uh, parts of the curriculum. I, I would say that on, in elementary school level, it's very easy for the teacher to, to stay on top, you know, whatever they need to stay on top of for, for the elementary level curriculum. Yep. Um now where how do you see this fitting in in the in the whole uh, career area S- especially with the uh, when we are having this interview it's a it's a you know career uh, career and tech car- education month yeah yeah career and tech education yeah. month so how does this how does this fit into the bigger picture of of developing uh, careers for uh, young people and uh, yeah so so again, I think it's like a language, um, and it's a language that is becoming more and more useful. So, um, you know, I remember for in Israel, for the age for starting to teach English is is gradually uh, going lower and lower because it's becoming more and more of a mandatory skill in the job market. Um, and I think it's the same for coding. So, you know, when teaching, again, when teaching young students, I wouldn't worry about specific coding skills. I would just uh, focus on just exposing them to programmatic thinking and understanding how computer programs work in high level. And then, you know, when they're adults and they will have a job in marketing or, you know, whatever, um, they will encounter computer interfaces that work a bit like computer programming if you're trying to configure you know a Facebook advertising campaign or a Google Google ads or, or tweak a website or, or configure some business process in, in, in some uh, business um, software um, configuring security setting and preferences on, 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 on devices and personal or work related apps. So you will encounter those um, small tests that require programmatic thinking. And, and, and if you had that, this early experience of, of acquiring this language and type of thinking, you'll do better than your, than your peers um, when you had to deal with those tasks. And do um, you see um, uh, today in, uh, in, in where generally a... Uh, careers are developing, do you see a more need for actual coding knowledge or do you see this as a, you know, just, just one subject that's uh, developing on its own or a... Yeah, the, the need is definitely increasing and there's the code.org, it's a big nonprofit uh, advocating, uh, you know, the importance of computer science education for children. So this foundation was created by tech giants, you know, like Google and Microsoft. Uh, they are sponsoring it because they have an increasing need for coders. Not only them, but you know, they are leading the uh, this uh, job market. Um, uh, yeah, and they have a very hard time uh, finding uh, recruiting software developers. 
there's a big competition uh, in this market. It's very competitive. If, if you if you are a software developer today, still you have you know all the tech companies chasing you, trying to recruit you to work for them. Uh, it's definitely um, this type of situation in the market still, where the demand is much is growing faster than than you know the supply of, yeah. of software developers. Yeah, I think uh, many times we hear that you know we are uh, educating students uh, to um, various kinds of jobs that won't be in existence really, and uh, uh, or, or even or even many times we hear that uh, we we really don't know if someone uh, today is in seventh or eighth or eighth grade we don't know. What they will need in uh, in five years when they actually go into the uh, the job market, yeah. but but I, I yeah. think computer science is different in that respect. I think uh, uh, I think if we project um, at least ten years into the future, it's it, it looks like it's only going to grow, um, yeah. and uh, and just. Relating back to what we uh, talked about earlier, I think uh, if if I were a, a teacher in school, um, and um, and obviously I want my students to enjoy what they're doing and get interested, but if I really think about what could help them in the future, then uh, I think it's another motivation. Even even if I'm not a, a part of this whole environment i think it would be motivating for me to 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 know that i'm giving them this uh, these kinds of uh, uh tools i uh, i think it's a uh, it is it is one certainty that uh, that uh, yeah. com- computer science is going to be more and more uh, important uh, as yeah. uh, as as we uh, you know as we progress um yeah. um what what um uh, what do you see different today with what you hear from schools than in in the beginning? Do you see any difference uh, of how uh, Code Monkey is adopted or the uh, you know general approach to uh, computer science and coding? Um, I just see adoption increasing. Um, the market is definitely growing. Um, yeah, and we get more questions of like. Um, less questions of if and why and more questions of how you know uh, i think around teaching computer science um i would say you know <laughs> it's trying to into one sentence that 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 that's the trend okay uh, yeah so so what what would be the typical journey of a, a teacher who uh, listening to us goes to uh, codemonkey.com tries it out it's it's so engaging i uh, i must say it's engaging for uh, adults uh, as well uh and um and um, you get this uh, also you know immediate success uh, when you uh, when you start which is a uh, uh, which is important what would be the typical journey of you know someone going in Saying, "Wow, this is something I would like to introduce to my students in classroom." What would be the steps? Yeah, so usually a teacher would sign up on the free teacher trial, um, um, and it has access, I think, for a month or two weeks uh, for an almost an unlimited number of students to the basic, uh, you know, to the more the most uh, basic uh, courses of Code Monkey. We call them the hour of code courses. Uh, 
on those are short courses or just for you know giving a taste you know this experience uh, and if this experience is successful for the teacher and uh, uh, the teachers and their students and they would proceed to buying a code monkey school license either a classroom subscription or a school subscription and um, you know usually they will start with one classroom do a semester long or a year-long course and if that's successful um, they would expand it the following school year they will ask for you know more significant budget for it and you know will upgrade their subscription from a classroom subscription to a school subscription we'll have maybe a second or third teacher involved in this uh, teaching initiative uh, more classrooms and then they will start creating like a five years curriculum or six years curriculum and this is an important stage uh, when you switch from just every year experimenting again with the basic concept of computer science, you transition into creating a pathway, a multi-year curriculum or pathway learning pathway. And that's where you can go beyond the R of code stuff and the basic stuff and really uh, treat it, you know, like a math curriculum, like really build a concept on top of a concept, getting into more complicated concepts that when you also see uh, improvement in math scores as a result uh, because you know computer science and math uh, are, are very similar in many ways um, yeah that's where when it gets like really you know deep and meaningful is when you create like this five six year curriculum so you find uh, so so you find that uh, once the school sees that this is a long-term thing for them they would uh, really uh, really develop this entire curriculum and know what the students would go on uh, go through in a number of years and exactly. and for the individual teacher they um, uh, who do you find in 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 most cases with the cold monkey who who do you find at the school itself who needs to say okay this is something that's uh, going to be approved uh be purchased yeah. uh who are the main uh you know decision makers uh, yeah. if, if a teacher yeah. is excited uh, who do they turn to yeah so it's funny because you know code monkey is a very international like global business and school systems what i've learned last decades you know school systems and schools are quite different from country yep. to country. So it's hard to give one answer. Uh, I can talk about, you know, the American school system because it is uh, it's still still uh, <clears throat> the biggest market for code monkey. Um, so usually you would have, it will start with a classroom teacher, you know, uh, just the main teacher of the classroom who had this idea, this ambition to, to, to go beyond what they already have to do. And, and this is an initiative. Uh, the next step would probably be the computer application teacher, if they have that in the school. You know, the teacher that takes the children for an hour a week to the computer room, computer yeah. lab, computer room, and teaching them about image processing, you know, like, you know, word processing, using internet, things like that, typing. So they would decide to use part of that time for teaching kids to code. And then it will that way it will grow from beyond you know a specific classroom to the entire school because this is one teacher that meets all the students in the school usually for an hour a week for, for doing something with computers so they'll decide to use part of that time for, for coding uh and the next level would be you know sort of like the tech coordinator uh of the school and when it 
which is the tech coordinator level, you know, the teacher, the, not a teacher, staff member in charge of implementing educational technologies. Uh, so then it can expand to many teachers because you have a staff member whose role is to make other staff members to use CodeMonkey. And then, then when it, it goes beyond a specific classroom teacher or a specific subject teacher, like a computer application teacher, and it can really become a school-wide um, initiative. And obviously, then if you go to the district level, you know, the tech coordinator or the, level, or the, the CTE, um, um, you know, administrator on the district level, computer and tech, uh, career and tech uh, education. And that's when you can start with, you know, something that is beyond one school. Yeah. Um, now you have, uh, uh, you have, uh, uh, you've had a lot of traction in the Chinese market as well. Where, where do you see it uh, entering over there? So China, um, it's China is, has a huge market of after school education. And that's where CodeMonkey fits in in China. Um, they had, um, I think when we got acquired by a Chinese education company, it's an operator of after school classes in China, but it's a huge company. You know, they were valued over 90 billion, I think, in the New York Stock Exchange a couple of years after acquiring CodeMonkey. Yep. Uh, and it's the main expense for each Chinese family. The main expense is on su- supplemental private after school education. They do it in shopping malls, they do it in evenings, they do it on weekends. It's really a huge part of the Chinese uh, culture. Um, so that's where CodeMonkey fits in China. But we have other, for example, now we have a very exciting partnership with a private education company in Japan, in Tokyo, where the government decided to add computer science into the college entrance exam. In Japan, we have one college entrance exam every year that all the students take. Uh, during their last year of high school to determine which universities they can go to. Uh, and it used to be about Japanese, English, math, maybe some other subjects, but now they added some questions in coding. So uh, yeah. it's becoming a big thing, both in the Japanese schools, but also in the after school uh, market, where, you know, parents can pay and take their kids to after school activities to improve their chances you know, getting into a good college and, and so on. Yeah. I think uh, whenever you see that, it comes from a, you know, very high level, of, uh, high authority in terms of uh, uh, deciding that this is uh, important to have. I think this will eventually have a huge impact. Um, and uh, it's it's really great to see. Um in the time we have left, uh, where where is this going in the future? What areas are you looking at uh, going into? Um, uh, if you have thoughts about how uh, AI and ChatGPT uh, that's writing code today, and yeah. uh, there is the uh, no-code uh, platforms that are proliferating. Um, yeah. how, how do you see this impacting uh, you in the future? What, what are some future plans? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, CodeMonkey, our sort of uh, transition, gradual transition is to from becoming a company that provides computer science games to become like a curriculum provider. And this means uh, creating this multi-year pathway 
of uh, computer science curriculum and not just coding, also things like you know digital citizenship. Uh, we recently released two courses on uh, digital use and and um, and digital citizenship. So rules about how to be you know uh, safe and good citizens in the digital world uh, and online. Uh, those skills are very important as well, even though they, they, they don't, don't necessarily have to require any coding skill, but it's just good to know what's out there and how to be careful and how to be productive online, how to be safe. Um, and the next um, suite of courses that we're working on is actually um, on data science. So um, this is another piece of computer science. It's not necessarily very focused on, on coding per se, but about being able to collect and process data and to come up with insights based on data and decisions. So this is the next thing for us. And, and, and obviously it... this leads to AI eventually because you know data science is, is sort of the base is for for AI. AI is just like more advanced algorithms to process big chunks of data and, and come up with insights and, and generate uh, generate stuff uh, based on that. And do you see uh, do you see it continuing in the path of uh, this game like environment, or is it more to the path of the traditional uh, courses? Um, so it's, unfortunately, you cannot over, you cannot teach everything through playing games. Uh, so I understand like why yeah. it's a good question. Uh, but we've already started, we've already done this sort of expansion in, in teaching methods from not only being game-based learning, but we're also, uh, very much a project-based learning company. Uh, we've already done that with, you know, when transitioning from learning through games into creating games with code. Um, so you probably see more, more project-based learning courses on CodeMonkey in the future and less, uh, game-based, but we also incorporate small games, uh, inside, uh, let's say the digital, uh, citizenship courses that I, uh, mentioned. So we put like small games inside them to keep this, you know, CodeMonkey, uh, you know, the famous fun. And engaging and intuitive, um, you know, atmosphere around around code monkey uh, learning experiences. Yeah, wonderful. Well, um, uh, first of all, as as someone who has always loved technology and uh, encoding from the early years, uh, and and seeing how it's uh, it's developed, uh, really, it's uh, it's really wonderful to see. Um, for someone who is uh, hearing about this for the first time, what do you recommend the first step uh, uh, to do to get introduced? Um, really just go on codemonkey.com. If you're a parent, sign up for the home trial. If you're a teacher, sign up for a classroom trial. And uh, we do our best to make everything after that step <laughs> extremely intuitive and easy. Uh, so I would just recommend to, to do that. And parents can actually sign up on their own. They don't need the school. Is that correct? They don't need the school, yeah. Children cannot sign up on their own if they're below 13 because of, you know, protecting children's yes. safety and privacy online. But uh, children above 13 or parents can sign up on their own uh, for a home trial. 
So if you have a child who is uh, excited about coding, about uh, learning uh, computer science, it's a very good place to start. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, personally, we experienced that. So I can uh, also add my own recommendation. Cool. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Great. Excellent. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's thank really you. wonderful. And um, we'll see uh, a lot more from you, I'm sure. Also, thank you. I look forward to seeing this. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been the Teaching Edge podcast, and we will see you soon in our next episode. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org.